0: Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to another episode of the Selling Greenville podcast. I am your host, as always, Stan McCune, realtor here in Greenville, South Carolina. And as always, you can find all of my contact information in the show notes. Reach out to me at any time if you have any real estate needs or any questions or just want to shoot the breeze. I'm always available. And as always, I always mention this, but please give us a rating or a review. Please make sure that you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. I want to make sure that we get this out to as many people as possible. So please go ahead and give us a little bit of feedback. Go ahead and subscribe. Download the episode if you want to. Uh, Any of these things help to get it out there to, uh, to the other people that are out there. And I'm having people from all over the place reach me because of this podcast. It's pretty exciting. Um, and I'm hoping that uh, I can expand this, hopefully get some guests on the show. And the more that you guys help uh, with, uh, with doing things like subscribing, rating, reviewing, the more opportunities we have to do those types of things. Today, I want to talk to you guys about uh, what's going on with COVID-19, with the coronavirus, and the rental markets. There is a lot of concern right now among landlords. Landlords about what is going to happen here moving forward. Are they going to be put in a a position where their tenants uh, don't have to make rent payments? Now, if you remember, we didn't really discuss this very much. I think I alluded to it in a previous podcast, but early on in the uh, COVID-19 period, South Carolina put a ban on evictions for people that had financial hardship that were renting, that had financial hardship uh, due to COVID-19. Now, that ban ended uh, several months ago. And then in the meantime, the CDC has issued their own uh, ban, basically, on evictions for certain groups of people that, that meet certain criteria. The, the way I understand the criteria, and I'm not a, an expert in law, uh, but basically, uh, the way I understand them is that you have to have put forth your best efforts to try to get financial assistance. Financial assistance, you can't earn more than ninety nine thousand um, dollars, or not expect to earn more than ninety nine thousand in twenty twenty, or one hundred ninety eight thousand if you're filing jointly with a spouse. Um, you can't pay your full rent amount because of lost income or Um, significant uh, or extraordinary medical expenses. You've tried to pay as much of your rent in a timely uh, manner as you can. And lastly, if evicted, you would likely become homeless and have to live in a shelter or some other crowded space. So that's the CDC guidelines that go through the end of the year. And so there's a lot of concern right now among landlords that they're going to lose rents and and perhaps some of them have uh, as a result of uh, tenants that are trying to game the system as much as possible. Um, and so we're starting to see some landlords start to sell off some properties here and there. I, I think there's also maybe some angst about the possibility for a new administration. What would a Biden-Harris administration do? Would they uh, really double down on this and make it even more difficult for landlords? Um, So I want to talk about that for just a few minutes. We're not going to make this a long episode, but I have some thoughts on this. Right now, I have several rental properties myself, and so um, I can share some insight. I've got a lot of clients that have rental properties as well. Um, And let me start by saying this. In South Carolina, we are one of the most landlord-friendly states in the U.S. If you're looking uh, to buy rental properties, South Carolina is a, is a really great place to purchase them because of just the way it's structured legally. Um, it really gives a lot of rights to landlords. Now, some people might feel like there's not enough rights given to tenants. Um, I think that there are some some fair points to be made on that front. But the reality of the situation is from a landlord perspective, um, it's it's a great place to own rental properties. Um, I always recommend to landlords to be fair, to not take advantage of your, of your tenants. But the reality of the situation is that um, a lot of them don't. And quite frankly, um, they have a lot more legal protection than you would expect. And there are a lot of kind of unwritten rules down here because of how loose it is, where there will be situations where uh, landlords will kind of have an unwritten rule with the tenant that if the tenant doesn't ask for repairs and doesn't ask for things to be done, they kind of tend to themselves that the landlord won't increase rent. And so we see this a lot, a a lot of times. The properties that come on the market that are rental properties, um, they have oftentimes two things that are um, frequently in common among all these rental properties that come on the market. One of them is that the tenants are not paying market rent, probably because they haven't had their rent increased in 10 or 15 years, and they've been on the property that entire time. And the second thing is that the property needs a ton of work done. It has a ton of deferred maintenance. And the deferred maintenance, these, these two things are related, because there's this unwritten handshake agreement that if the tenant doesn't bug the landlord with a, with a bunch of uh, you know requests for maintenance, that the landlord isn't going to do the maintenance, but they're also not going to increase the rent. And so I always tell my clients that are looking for rentals, just so that you know, the properties that come on the market that seem like a really good deal, there's something wrong with them. They probably have deferred maintenance, they probably have tenants that are paying way below market rent. There's something wrong with them. You have to project what uh, what this property needs in terms of repairs. You have to project what type of rent this property can bring in. You have to do all of those different things. Now, as I mentioned before, I'm starting to hear some chatter among, and, and we've heard this for a while, but I, I feel like I'm hearing it more now than before that landlords are really starting to get nervous. I think a lot of people thought you know, COVID would be over by now um, and that we wouldn't still be talking about this. I, I think that the CDC dropping uh, their guidelines like they did uh, and, and, and putting forth this uh, moratorium on evictions is something that uh, is concerning people. It, does the federal government have this type of authority? Um, I'm involved in local politics around here, and I'll tell you this. Um, I do not believe that the federal government has that type of authority. Not not at the moment. And I, and I really do not believe personally that uh, Biden-Harris administration, that they're going to come in and supersede the states and give an eviction moratorium uh, to landlords. It's very possible that they do. I'm not saying that they won't do that, assuming that they are elected in. Um, it just, to me, seems unlikely, given that that would really uh, ultimately be determined by states. And, and this is what it comes down to, right? Um, if there is an eviction that happens, that happens on a state level. That doesn't happen uh, on a state and local level. That doesn't happen on a federal level. You don't go to a federal court Uh, in order to uh, appeal an eviction or to make an eviction. This all happens on a local and state level. So ultimately, the enforcement for all of this happens on a local and state level. And guess what? I've already mentioned that in South Carolina and in Greenville, it tends to be very landlord friendly. Now, I have never personally run into this situation, but my understanding is that if a landlord evicts a tenant, and claims that the tenant hasn't paid, you know, say three months of rent or whatever the case may be, that there are frequent instances of the tenants in order to appeal that eviction, they have to front that money to the courts. So they would have to front the three months of rent, which could be thousands of dollars in order to appeal the eviction. Well, guess what? Most tenants, uh, they don't have that money. What if the landlord made that up? What if they were paying their rent and the landlord, you know, evicted them wrongly and said they hadn't paid for three months? What's the tenant going to do? In that instance, the tenant probably doesn't have that money to be able to front in order to appeal the eviction, most likely the tenant is just going to move on to another property and just find uh, a be- hopefully a better landlord, hopefully one that is actually honest. But that is at the end of the day what's what's going to happen. Let's say that um, you have a, a situation where a tenant just stops paying their rent, and they don't have good reason. They don't fit this the COVID nineteen uh, requirements or whatever the case may be. They're just trying to uh, you know use a system, trying to skirt skirt the laws, trying to get free housing. Most often the landlord is going to be able to evict them and not have any issues. With my rental properties, I have not had any issues with anyone not paying their rent. And if I did, I would just try to get them on a payment plan. And this is the thing. None of these laws, South Carolina, CDC um, statement or guidelines, whatever you want to call what the CDC did, um, none of these um, require the Uh, landlord to forgive the rent. And that's a really important distinction. So if the tenant can prove that they've they've had their financial situation disrupted by COVID-19, they fit these other qualifications that the CDC put forward, that doesn't mean that their rent just gets forgiven at that point. That just means that they can't be evicted, or at least, again, according to the CDC. But we know in South Carolina, they probably can still be evicted. But let's just tease it out. Let's just say that the landlord says, "You know what? I don't want to mess with the CDC. I won't evict them. I want to, you know, go ahead and keep them here and work with them." What what can the landlord do? Now, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know exactly um, you know, from a law standpoint, but my understanding as a real estate person, as a realtor, as a landlord myself, is that you can, at that point, start imposing penalties for late payments or for incomplete payments. You can, at that point, set up that person on a payment plan. So Maybe maybe they had to miss a month, but they're willing to make that up in future months. Or maybe you say, listen, I'll let you go three months rent-free, but after that, you need to, uh, your, your rent has to make up for that in the three months subsequent to that, or the six months subsequent to that, or whatever the case may be. Get them on some type of a payment plan. Um, the CDC doesn't uh, apparently forbid that in the guidelines that they put forward. I know that South Carolina, when we had the, the eviction moratorium, South Carolina did not forbid that either. And so the landlord, even in the worst case scenario here, and, and again, I don't think if if uh, Biden Harris come into office, I don't think that they will be any stricter than what the CDC has put forward. Um, ultimately, landlords still have a lot of power to um, to do what needs to be done in order to get paid. It just might take a little bit longer, and there might be a little bit more working with the tenants trying to work out an arrangement with the tenants trying to make sure that the tenants um, are okay that their situation is okay that there is a a plan forward for how they will get caught up on their rents Um, but at the end of the day we're in a market here where there's a lot of demand for renting uh, on on all spectrums i mean there's there's demand for low-end rentals there's demand for um you know middle class rentals there's demand for short term rentals there's demand for long term rentals at the end of the day that gives uh that puts the landlord in the seat of power at the end of the day um there's a reason why the word lord is in landlord i know some people don't like that um i'm not woke enough to to stop using the term landlord i'm sorry i'm sorry if that's offensive to anyone um but the landlord is that. He is the lord over that land that he or she um, owns the property on, and at the end of the day, South Carolina really does tend to side with landlords over tenants, regardless of whether that's right, regardless of whether that's wrong, that's just the way it is, and um, and so I'm encouraging my clients. Hey, if you have rental properties, don't. I don't think that we need to freak out. Not yet, at least. Um, nothing that has been passed has really been a major disruptor. I know that some people have had tenants that tried to game the system. Um, I think that that's a, a, a scenario where you need to screen your tenants a little bit better. Try to try to weed out tenants um, that have that seem you know that have something in their history. Uh, indications that they uh, do try to game the system that those are not the types of tenants that you want to have to begin with um, and and make sure that you get good tenants on the front end that have good job security, that have uh, good income history and all of that. Those are things uh, that you can help yourself on the front end uh, avoid a potential disaster like this when it when it strikes. But even with me, I, I have renters all across the spectrum in terms of income. and in terms, some on on government housing and and all kinds of things. Um, I have not personally run into any issues. Now I have a property manager, um, and she, you know, obviously it's her job to collect rents. I'm I'm not good. I'm probably too compassionate. Um, I'd probably be giving everyone, uh, you know, months off of rent. So that's why I have a uh, a property manager so that. Uh, she can be the bulldog and, and she can take care of these things that I don't want to take care of. Um, but there's also plenty of assistance out there as well. If, if you Google South Carolina um, rental assistance, there are options for tenants out there. Make sure that if you have a tenant that comes to you that says that they're having issues, make sure that you avail them uh, of, of those resources and that you let them know, hey, there are options out there. And understand your rights as well. Again, it's not very clear. These CDC guidelines and whatnot, as far as uh, what constitutes a false eviction during COVID or not, are pretty vague. And and this is part of the problem, is that ultimately South Carolina courts are going to have to interpret what, uh, what the CDC put forward. My understanding... Uh, is that magistrates in South Carolina don't have to have formal legal training. Now, that might sound crazy, but that's my understanding. I'm not exactly sure how that works. That's probably why we have issues with our magistrates from time to time. Um, but my understanding is that they they don't have to have formal legal training, um, at least not in the way that it that is in other states. So you're having these people potentially... Um, having to interpret the law, and that's not what the magistrates are set up to do. They're having to interpret the law, and they don't have training to do that. So um, I don't think that that is a scenario that um, ultimately at the end of the day is going to benefit tenants. Um, I think that this is still a situation where rental properties um, are still going to do quite, quite well and landlords don't have uh, don't have much to fear, particularly if they did their job screening their tenants on the front end. That said, there are going to be some landlords that are freaking out and that are putting their properties on the market. There are some rental properties that are just sitting right now, and there might be some opportunities for them as well. Um, you know, particularly if you're someone that is a cash buyer can move quickly. Can Maybe we can you know, potentially negotiate the price down. There are some opportunities that are out there and that are becoming available as people decide, you know what, I don't really want to do this anymore. I'm, I'm worried that this could get worse. I just want to go ahead and recoup my equity, move on, and, uh, and take that money and, and do something else with it. We're seeing that happening. And so um, if you're in a position to buy, Even though it is a seller's market, for sure, um, I anticipate that probably increasingly some more landlords are going to start getting nervous. Um, We're uh, we're starting to get notified about property taxes as well. People are are going to be thinking about that, not wanting to pay their property taxes. Um, And so here we go. We have an opportunity now um, that some properties might be coming on the market. There are some off market deals. I just bought a, call, a couple of duplexes off market. Um, there are some opportunities that are coming up on and off market with people that are looking to to sell uh, properties, rental properties that they have. And if you're in that market, don't don't wait, don't wait to enter. Uh, Be aggressive, be aggressive right now. This is the time to be aggressive because people are uncertain and uncertain times opportunities arise. Um, And I I believe at the end of the day that South Carolina will stay the way it has been. It will be a continual landlord-friendly state until things dramatically shift. And I don't see them dramatically shifting anytime soon. If you have any questions about that, let me know. But that is it. We have a short one today. Just wanted to share uh, that little bit with you guys to keep you apprised of what's going on in the market. Uh, Reach out to me. All my contact information is in the show notes. As always, uh, go ahead and subscribe, review, rate the podcast, as I always ask you guys to do. And until next time, stay safe and enjoy the nice weather outside.